Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, may I welcome you to our show. We're so glad that you could join us here today. Well, my friends, we have yet another power-packed lineup in store for today that I believe you will find most interesting indeed. And if you don't already know it, I have a series of seven books by the same name as our podcast, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, available in paperback, ebook, and in the lending library at Amazon.com. Additionally, volumes three, four, five, and six are in audiobook at iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. And keep in mind, Christmas is just around the corner, my fine feathered friends. <laughs> so please do buy a book or the whole set. They make a great gift. And now, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> As I introduce you to my co-host and brother, Kevin. Kevin, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, I should say, and in this corner, an eight-foot-tall, howling, 800-pound Bigfoot. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> there's nothing like squaring off with a Bigfoot. I think I'd be over the turnbuckles and out the exit door. <laughs> you get a good bounce off of that wrestling floor. <laughs> Hey, Kev, you know, I was never a a wrestling fan, you know, this fantasy wrestling. But I got to ask you, do you remember that guy? uh, I think they called him uh, the animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this guy, (laughs) this guy was a high school principal here on Long Island. And uh, I, I just remember he used to like nor on the uh, padding on the turnbuckles, and he'd face the audience with, like, foam sticking out of his mouth and stuff. (laughs) 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 Uh, I had friends that actually believed that stuff was real. I was going to say, what are you talking about? That's not real? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't know why. I was just thinking of a Bigfoot in the ring doing the same thing, like, you know, tearing the place to shreds. Bouncing around, smacking somebody (laughs) with a folding chair. (laughs) I'm thinking entertainment. Maybe we can uh, do something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So uh, after a little levity, I know you got some pretty cool stuff here. Uh, exactly what I don't know, folks, but I know he's got something lined up for us. So, uh, why don't I turn it over to you, Kevin? Uh, we'll get it, we'll get right into it. Yeah, we got a good one here, and um, this happened a couple of weeks ago, November 14th, 2019. Uh, it was published in um, the CTV News, where C is for Canada, so this, uh, this came out of the uh, Canadian TV news. And uh, the headline is Hunter Captures Strange Howl in Northern Ontario Woods. Wow. And I, I don't know if you heard this on the web, Bill, or if you saw this story. But when I looked at it, I was like, 
ah, you know, it's probably a coyote or a bear growl or something like that. And we'll get into it here. But when I heard the recording, I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, it kind of puts chills up your spine if you were to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think, uh, I, actually, I believe one of my uh, co-workers uh, played for me that recording. I don't, I'll know more about it once you start talking about it. But I was mesmerized uh, by this thing. And if this was staged, they did a hell of a job with it <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Uh, it, it'll make your hair stand up. Uh, Again, I was I was a little skeptical. You know, I expected to hear something that I had heard before. Right. You know, some kind of animal. And um, and then when I listened to it and listened to it multiple times and the recording lasts about two minutes and 15 seconds. And uh, it's, it's serious. So let, let's get into it here a little bit. Okay. So the article was written by a gentleman named Jeremiah Rodriguez, who's a writer for CTV News Canada. And, um, you know, so I, I'm going to read you some excerpts of the article. So he says, Ontario hunter Gino Mikas recorded videos of strange, loud, echoing howls in the woods that left biologists scratching their heads. He'd never heard anything like this before, he told CTV News in a phone interview. It was more bassy than anything, or bassy, I should say, than anything I've ever heard a scream, than any, anything I've ever heard scream before. Mm. Easy for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mikas, who lives near Sioux Lookout in northern Ontario, took the footage on October 3rd while he was hunting grouse with his wife and grandson. The young child can be heard appearing to mimic the strange noises. So, you know, if we take a step back from the article a minute, I had never heard of Sioux Lookout, um, but I've been up in Ontario a ton of times. And it looks like Sioux Lookout is north of Minnesota. So if you think of looking at a map, looking at Minnesota, uh, kind of straight up north and about 300 miles east of the Canadian city of Winnipeg. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it looks super rural, and it's kind of a place that's just full of a lot of lakes. So yeah. kind of a lot of water mixed with some land. Now, this is uh, Sioux like the Sioux Indian, Kev, S-I-O-U-X? Exactly. Okay. Or sue like the Cajuns would say, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Is that like putting a whammy on you or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, so back back to the article. So the trio, right, the husband and wife and grandson, first heard the odd howling as they made their way back to their car at the end of a trail along the Vermilion River. Initially, Mikas thought it was a moose or a bear, but then I started thinking of all the animals in the area I'd heard during my life, and it didn't match, he said. Mm. At first, I wasn't scared because it sounded kind of far from where we were, he added. It sounded like it was a kilometer away, so if it started coming, we had enough time to get out of there. Mm. We could hear it moving. It sounded kind of heavy, Mikas said. But my wife, she got scared. She picked up our grandson and started walking fast toward the vehicle, completely uncertain what the noise was. The government came in and said, well, we don't know what the noise is either. 
Um, the Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry's guess is no better than anyone else's. Our biologists say it could be a larger mammal, for example, a wolf, but because of the considerable distance from the recorder, there's no way to be certain. A ministry spokesperson, Jolanta Kowalski, wrote in an email to CTV News Canada. Since Mikas posted this on YouTube, uh, videos of the interaction, they've both gone viral. So he put two videos up there, racking up more than 300,000 views combined. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then a couple of the folks, you know, in the comments on YouTube, they, they accused him of orchestrating a hoax. But he came right out and said, that's absurd. Um, they think there's a speaker or a recording playing something, he said. I didn't go out that day to deceive people. And uh, he played it for some of his hunter friends, too, up there in northern Idaho, Idaho, northern Idaho, northern Ontario. And he said none of his hunter friends were able to put a finger on what it was either. So super cool. I mean, and... Uh, you know, the when you listen to it, again, I thought it would be something I've heard before. And I come into a lot of these thinking I'm going to hear a coyote, which, you know, Bill, I don't know. If, have you ever heard a coyote in the wild? I haven't. No, I just heard recordings oh, I, of them. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a wolf or anything like that. I mean, it sounds almost human-like. Like, um, we have them around here, and there was one in the driveway a couple of months ago. And I thought it was like a man, like screaming for his life you know it sounded like this horrible human screaming and then i looked out the window and saw this big coyote in the driveway i was like holy cow wow so i expected to hear something like this but to me you know like if you and i were making a movie about bigfoot and we wanted a soundtrack of a bigfoot howling in the distance this is what the sound would be yeah very interesting too because he comes out of the gate thinking it was a kilometer away, but so much for a kilometer when you hear it moving. I know, I know, and it does sound in the distance. And by the way, you know, this is a video of uh, shot looking at the woods where the sound is coming from. So you don't see a Bigfoot, but you certainly hear this eerie howl multiple times in the distance, and um, and it's in the daytime, too. Yeah. Now, you're going to be posting this on our uh, page, uh, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, right, Kev? Definitely. I'll uh, I'll put a link to the uh, YouTube and uh, and a shot of the image, too, of the woods. It's, yeah. pre it's pretty cool. Yeah. But and really creepy. I mean, I encourage our listeners, go listen to this thing, and then, you know, Tell us what you think it is, because it's unlike anything I've ever heard before. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, yeah. It, you're talking about exactly what I was shown, and uh, I'm telling you, man, that is one freaky deaky. There's something to be said too about just the staticness of the filming, where you're not seeing them; they just have the camera kind of like aimed at that field in the woods, and you just hear this thing bellowing. Uh, over and over again, uh, calling out. Who knows? Maybe it's some type of mating call or a signal. But, of course, you know, then you have the uh, naysayers. It was a recording in the woods. Yeah, that's easy to say, pal. <laughs> you know. I but, I mean, I mean, could you imagine, like, if we're standing there, 
you know, uh, say we were shooting clay pigeons or something, and and all of a sudden you heard that howl. I mean, you'd look at one another like, what the heck was that? Yeah, one more reason to carry a gun. <laughs> that's what that's all i'm saying man definitely be reloading taking that buckshot out and putting something something a little more weighty in yeah yeah just chamber a couple more and keep a few at the ready <laughs> unbelievable yeah, yeah no super that- creepy and again in a really rural place up there in northern idaho northern Northern Ontario. I keep saying Idaho. I must have must have had Idaho French fries last night. Uh, you must have been listening to the B fifty twos. I own little private Idaho this morning. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is, in that uh, video, isn't there a child? The child is crying at one point, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's hard because you'll when you listen to it, you'll turn your volume all the way up because it's in the distance. And then all of a sudden you'll hear this little kid's voice, like that's right next to the camera, um, you know, come in super loud. So be careful with that. Yeah, I almost blew out my speaker. <laughs> well, no, that's that's an incredible uh, shot. Uh, really, it's an audio, but uh, to me, that's one of the most incredible things that I've heard to date. And you're right. I mean, if you were going to pick a uh, uh, an audio. Uh, for a movie of a Bigfoot screaming or howling, uh, I, I don't think it gets any better than that. I've heard the big uh, the Ohio howl uh, recording numerous times, which in and of itself is a, a remarkable. Right. Uh, but that recording, uh, that that just takes the cake, in my opinion. I'm with you, Bill. Again, I I came into it being skeptical, and then uh, I was like, holy cow! Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. What the heck was that? You know, and in life, isn't it true, Kev, that when you hear or perhaps see certain things, it just is something about it that rings true to you? It's almost like listening to a witness testimony where you believe the person or you don't. And when I heard that, I said to myself, wow, you know, something inside of me said this was legit. And uh, really, that's all we can go with. We weren't there. All we could do is listen to it and uh, make a judgment call. No, no, that's a great way of describing it. Because, because again, I, I came in through it skeptical. I was like, oh, it's going to be a coyote. Yeah. And yeah, you know, they never heard one before. You know, and they make some weird sounds, too. Like, they don't always sound the same each time. Right. And then I heard it. I was like, holy cow, I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. And then the biologist, to hear the biologist say the same thing, you know, like, I don't know what that is either. Yeah. And then I guess they they were thinking of doing some analysis on the sound waves. But because it was so far away, um, I guess they wouldn't get a conclusive signature. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, know, getting back to my old Carl Sagan quote. Uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, there's going to be no pleasing. You know, we still have the sides divided, you know, uh, real or not. And uh, it'll always be that way. But uh, very interesting. I'm glad you uh, brought that to the table here today. So, folks, go out there. Kev's going to be posting that on our page, uh, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, and give a listen to it. Uh, if you haven't heard it already, it's uh, 
it, it may turn you around and <laughs> what you think is real and what you think is not real. Just it's uh, it's super cool. That's all I'll say. It's definitely worth checking out. Very so, good, very good. And then we have another little story here, unrelated to that, but also an interesting story, fresh in the news this month, um, that I'd like to uh, share with the listeners, Bill. Okay. Sure. So this was posted uh, by our friend Tim Banal on Coast to Coast AM um, on uh, November 11th, 2019. And the headline is, Attempted Bigfoot Break-In Blamed for Gunshots at House in Ohio. Yeah, so this kind of ties together to our uh, Kentucky bluegrass Bigfoot sighting that we talked about. Oh, that was the guy that uh, came to the couple's tent and said he just shot a Bigfoot that we did, right? Exactly, in the National Park. Yeah, that was, pre- uh, that was pretty creepy in and of itself. That was. Yeah, that was at Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky. Um, so, so this is, you know, not tied directly to it, but it made me think about it. Uh-huh. So. All right, so in this story, Tim writes, um, in a strange story out of Ohio, police responded to a report of gunshots being fired and found a man claiming that he did that he had just fended off a Bigfoot trying to break into his home. So it occurred about a month ago in a community called Bainbridge Township, and the residents called the police at 4.30 in the morning to express concern about someone shooting a gun in their neighborhood. So the officers came out, and they found uh, the gentleman that was causing the commotion, and he found, and they discovered that he had this fantastic reason for firing his weapon. And according to the police, the, the guy told them that a seven-foot-tall creature, which was either Bigfoot or a bear, had been trying to get into his house by way of the front door in order to abduct his dogs. Jeez. Uh, and wanting to protect his dogs, uh, the witness fired some warning shots to drive the monster away, and it seemed like it would work, like it worked. So, um, you know, pretty strange. Um, and at first, you know, you start to think of, oh, you know, maybe this guy was drunk and imagining things, but the police officers actually say that uh, it did not appear that the homeowner was under the influence in any way, shape, or form. Wow, that's freaking weird. Really uh, weird, right? Uh, yeah, and why is he thinking that the thing is there to abduct his dogs in particular? I don't know. That's why I mentioned the alcohol thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, bro, it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol in this day and well, age. Very true. Very you know, true. Could be some type of uh, <laughs> medicinal products. <laughs> oh my goodness! What? Yeah, but I mean, so this one, so this guy saying he sees something, he shoots at it, or fires warning shots, and it did make me think of, uh, I think it was back in podcast thirteen where we had the uh, incident of the camper out in the middle of nowhere shooting at the Bigfoot in Mammoth Cave National Park, and then waking up his neighbors and telling them about the Bigfoot. Be- being there near their tents. Yeah, we went through that whole thing pretty thoroughly. I mean, uh, they were deep in the woods over there. Remember they said they hiked in like six miles? Absolutely, uh, yeah, and it was the middle of the night. Right. And again, pretty darn creepy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and this guy was probably beside himself uh, just wanting to run or hide or whatever. I, you know, at that point, one can only imagine what you would feel like being in his shoes. 
But this this guy with the the, the creature coming up and uh, firing some shots, he didn't even claim he shot the thing, right? All he said was no. He, fired- he said he's fired warning shots. At least that's what he told the police. Okay. I mean, really, no harm, no foul. He, there weren't bullets in anybody's houses because of what he did. Absolutely. And uh, the police came to his house in response to shots being fired. Is that what happened? Yeah, I guess the neighbors called the police because they heard the shots. Okay. And then the police, you know, were probably came to the neighbor's house that called and, you know, maybe they pointed across the street or something like that. I'm speculating. Yeah. And they said, hey, you know, it sounded like it came over there. And then they knocked on the door and he said, yeah, in fact, I did. You know, I thought this uh, creature was coming to get my dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I did. What you going to do about it, copper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ratchet a few in your direction if you don't get off my porch. <laughs> and that's when oh, the boy. festivities began. Now we're going to get some email from police officers. We don't mean, we don't mean anything about Oh, my goodness. You know, when I watch that crazy show, uh, Live PD, you ever see any of that, Kev? Yeah, I have. I have. I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to be one of these poor police officers. The the stuff they're encountering out there is just like off the charts nuts. No, they are constantly in harm's way. Yeah. just to just to keep us safe. So yeah. And by the way, no need to write us letters. We we definitely value what you do. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know how they do it, but I guess they're kind of made for it uh, because uh, it's just an incredible thing. I wouldn't want to approach anybody in tinted windows, uh, night or day. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know why that's legal. By the way, I don't want to go down that tangent. But right, right. Why it's so legal? Why it's still legal in so many places to have these completely blacked out windows and these poor law enforcement f- folks walk wo- walk up to the side and then get shot? Yeah, no. It's, Which, it's, by the way, I was mentioned in the email, Bill, because I'm still reading email from witches that are mad about the witch story that I did. (laughs) There were no harm. There were no witches harmed in the recording of this podcast. See, that's what you do, though. You know, uh, people don't like to be challenged at what they believe. Have you experienced that in life? Oh, of course. I mean, every day. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. And, And in fairness, you know, I'm I'm picking on the witches again. I don't mean to pick on the witches, especially the, you know, the the thousands of innocent people, mostly women, that were put to death that, you know, were not witches, you know. Yeah. Just, well, uh, I think I think we covered that pretty good back then. We did. We that, did. Uh, just, there was a I'm lot still of, reading the mail. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a lot of hanky-panky going on there, and uh, people lost their lives. Uh, because of those who lo- who were willing to lie exactly. uh, for personal gain in many cases. Yeah, and just fear mongers. Yeah, you know, absolutely, mongers. absolutely. Cool. All right, so what do you got for us today, Bill? Well, I got something real interesting here. And, uh, you know, the more testimonials that I hear, uh, the more I say to myself, can things possibly get any more bizarre? And uh, having said that... Uh, I ask you, is what you are about to hear any more bizarre than seeing a 10-foot-tall creature crossing the street? Uh, This account was told to me by uh, Clifford Snedekor 
a resident of the good state of Arkansas, and this is what Cliff had to say. In the summer of 2013, my good friend John and I were heading out for the evening to bang out a couple of feral hogs. These bastards had taken over the planet, and there are more than a few good old boys who are doing our best to dispose of them. I like this guy. (laughs) He's throwing lead at hogs. Yeah, I'm in the disposal business myself. (laughs) They are good eating. We had access and permission to go into a certain large wooded area. We drove in with the truck and were setting up to hunt the last two hours of daylight into the night. These hogs begin to come out of the woods at this time of day, and if you were to come in here under the cover of darkness, the field would be covered with dozens of the buggers. We were already seeing six hogs, which were foraging around some 200 yards away. But we weren't waiting for more to arrive. Uh, But we were waiting for more to arrive, especially the ones we call the Big Daddies. Our saying is this, don't waste your lead on Junior when you can pop Big Daddy. (laughs) I like this guy. I like this guy more and more, Kev. (laughs) There's something about him that's warm. Uh, the field, <laughs> <laughs> the field here is comprised of about fifty percent flat grass and dirt, and fifty percent tall grass. With the tall grass patches being between three and four feet in height. We had been moving around slowly for about an hour, only forty-five minutes away from sunset when we started to observe two big boars coming into view in the outskirts of the field. It was now about 15 minutes before darkness would be upon us, being the time of twilight, and we hadn't yet had the opportunity to pull the trigger. It was then that out of the corner of my eye, I started to see something moving in the grass part of which was just above the top of the tallest grass. I will do my best to describe to you what I was seeing in this fashion. From my perspective, it looked like the profile of a World War II army helmet, just at the height of the tallest grass, moving along sporadically and heading in the direction of the main body of hogs. It would move and then pause, move, and then pause again. It kept doing this as it was covering perhaps a 75-yard patch of tall grass. As we were both watching whatever this was approaching the spot, where it would either have to stay in the tall grass or cross through an open area in order to proceed in the direction of the hogs, it was the latter that occurred. We observed what appeared to be a 10-foot-long black creature of some sort coming crawling out of the grass on four monstrous legs, and it was doing so like a spider across the clearing. It was at least three times the size of the biggest hog that was visible, which may in and of itself have weighed 600 pounds. 
The helmet shape that we had been looking at seemed to be its head, which was massive. The two of us exchanged glances as if to say, what the heck is that? I had never seen anything like it in all my life. Sitting in the open as darkness was now falling, it appeared to be an enormous fur-covered spider from hell, which had four legs and must have weighed well over a thousand pounds. I can tell you from experience that when something like this occurs, you momentarily feel as though you have entered the twilight zone. In other words, it doesn't quite register with the natural man at the time. I felt that I was caught somewhere in space and time that I didn't want to be, and I was very uncomfortable and on edge. This giant spider now entered the grass on the other side of the opening, where we could once again follow its progress by watching the head protruding from over the height of the grass. It was moving in fast spurts, gradually closing the gap between itself and the herd of hogs. It was almost totally dark now, and the spider creature was within perhaps 30 yards of the hogs. Suddenly, this creature which up until that point in time had been moving with its body horizontal to the ground, stood upright on two legs, and with a sudden burst of incredible speed, ran at the hogs. Mm. We could now see that it was unmistakably a Bigfoot, an enormous 10-foot-tall Bigfoot. It took about 10 leaps at a rate that I cannot begin to describe, and then, jumping headlong, it landed on a hog, momentarily disappearing within the grass. We heard a loud squeal from the hog, and then all went silent. Seconds later, this Bigfoot stood to its feet with the hog in its hand, clutching it like a woman holds her handbag. The hog, relatively speaking, was rather small, but still had to have weighed in at 200 pounds, and this monster was holding it in its right hand. Reminds me of the, uh, the climbers, Kev. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the guy, the cameraman described the creature walking away with the arm swinging, holding the deer in it. Exactly. Anyways, let me continue here. It walked away into the darkness, clutching the hog in its hand, and disappeared from sight. I remember letting out a deep sigh of relief, as though I had been holding my breath the entire time, which we were watching this event unfold. The two of us stood to our feet, put our guns on safety, and walked back to the truck, with neither of us being able to believe or comprehend what it was that we had just seen. This Bigfoot was somehow able, as huge as it was, to contort its body and legs in a way that was horizontal to the ground and moving like a spider. The next time that you are around a horse... Watch the way the horse's legs move as it walks. This Bigfoot's legs were moving in the same fashion. 
the only difference being the rapidity with which it was able to do so. It moved with such speed that, to the naked eye, it was hard to follow its movements. Neither of us had ever seen a Bigfoot before this day. We had heard about others seeing them, people who were quite sincere when giving their testimonials about what they had seen. But this day was a game-changer for the two of us. It also had shed some light on our finding hogs torn apart and eaten when we were hunting. Mm. We had always wondered what exactly had killed them, but now we both knew. This creature must have committed itself to this spider-like crawl as it left the cover of the trees, and it stayed in this posture to stalk the hogs until it was close enough to leap and run in for the kill. It was beyond belief. Yikes. Pretty bizarre happening. I got to tell you, Bill, in a weird way, uh, I was happy it wasn't a giant spider. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, man. I didn't know where you were going with that, and I was like, what the heck? There's giant spiders out there? Yeah. yeah. But you know something? Uh, A testimonial comes to my mind about, I don't know if we did this one, Ken, or, or spoke about it. The guy that was fishing, trout fishing in his canoe, and uh, he thought that uh, raccoons were swiping his trout that he laid on a rock, and so he decided he was going to make like he wasn't looking, and yet he was looking out of his peripheral vision uh, as he caught a couple more trout and laid them on the rocks behind him. And at some point, he saw a long arm and hand extend out of the brush, wrapping the fingers around his fish and retracting them into the bushes. Yikes. And he said that the arm was about a foot off of the ground. So he had pointed out, which is what I'm going to point out here with this spider crawl, This thing had to have been laying on the ground, reaching out to grab the trout. And it seems to me like this may be a tactic of this, crawling or laying in wait, where people are looking around for something standing when they make a noise or whatever, and they're not standing at all. No, yeah, and that's I I know we did that other one, too, where the... uh Bigfoot was uh, laying on the ground, right, looking through the bushes at the person. And it's the same kind of thing, Bill. You know, you're looking for it vertically, in a vertical position, but it may, in fact, be horizontal. Yeah, and I, oh, yes, yes, now I remember, Kev, that was the story that I named the face in the eggs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and another fisherman... Uh, just out by his lonesome in the woods, and he saw what he believed was a dark patch in that grouping of bushes that looked out of place. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. You're spot on with that. Yeah. So you can see that this similar circumstances are happening in different places and in different ways, but there seems to be a connection there with the, the habit. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. And, you know, this this hog situation, uh, 
these hogs are going ballistic uh, in different parts of the nation. Uh, and it seems to be developing into an all out war, you know, us versus them kind of scenario. Uh, do you have uh, are hogs becoming a problem uh, in your neck of the woods, Kev? Not a problem. Not a problem. We hear about them. Uh, probably the coyotes are keeping them in check. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we got some big coyotes. Uh, you know, first one I saw was like as big as a big German Shepherd, which is not what I expected. Wow. I was like, whoa. Yeah, you know, and you got to be careful, man. If those things corner you or get at you. Yeah, fortunately, they're shy from what I understand and what I've seen. Right. And they're not like wolves that, you know, kind of gang up on you from what I hear. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise that would be terrifying. I did see a uh, a game trail camera shot of a coyote uh, with a fawn uh, by the throat dragging it away. Oh, yeah. So they're definitely... Uh, they definitely go after the deer, no doubt about it. Okay. Which is actually, like, in a sense, that's good because we have so many deer, you know. Yeah, well, the deer around us are, like, uh, ridiculous. I mean, they really yeah. need to start opening up the place to bow hunting yep. uh, or even shotgun. Uh, they don't like bullets. You can't have bullets flying around here, you know. Yeah, uh, no, which is reasonable. Right, but shotguns within a uh, certain distance of properties and whatnot, and certainly there's a lot of bow hunters that would be more than happy to uh, take advantage of that. But how about this thing diving uh, on the prey and then again grabbing this thing? They must dispatch these things with a break in the neck or a, a, a slam to the head with an enormous forearm or something. They're just rendering them lifeless in seconds. Well, yeah, and what I hear, these uh, these feral pigs, they're very dangerous. Well, no you know doubt I mean? about they, it. They they go they will attack you. Yeah, well, as a human, I've which heard, you don't think of being attacked by a pig, but yeah, and I've heard tale of some of these guys that go after them, their dogs being torn open with oh, tusks. Oh, absolutely torn apart. Yeah, they got these tusks on them, and they're super aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's not something you want to trifle with by any means, you know. No, thank you. Wow. So, so that's the story. I mean, you know, and people, you know, I keep uh, mentioning this, but you know, if you've seen something, say something. Uh, I have a lot of people uh, contacting me. I spend a lot of time on the phone with individuals uh, doing interviews. And uh, I'm encouraging you to not only to hit our contact link on our webpage, uh, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, just to say hello and let us know what you're thinking. But definitely, if you've had an experience or you know somebody who has uh, I'm encouraging you to contact me, reach out to me, and uh, we'd be uh, grateful uh, to hear from you. So what do you think of that, Kev? I think it. I think it's good. We got good, uh, good content there. This spider monkey, Bigfoot <laughs> catching feral hogs. <laughs> so, what do we got today? Anybody? Uh, Writing in with us to say hello? Yeah, we got some good uh, good listener mail. Um, so we're going to start out. We're going to go to Nathan in Minnesota. Oh, or okay. Minnesota. Okay. 
Uh, he says, I really am enjoying this podcast. In particular, the banter between two brothers. It's quite unique, and I wish you both much success. Wow, that's cool. I believe that I saw a Bigfoot on the shore of a lake many years back. It was just standing there watching me in my canoe and turning around, withdrew into the bushes. It makes me wonder how many others have had that same experience, the likes of which we will never know. Hmm. Regards, Nathan. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Nathan, first of all, thanks for uh, uh, taking the time to uh, share that with us. And you know what, Nathan? Uh, a lot of people are having that experience. Yeah. And you were yeah. just talking about one in the last podcast we did, weren't you, Kev? That's what I was going to say. I think it was the last podcast with uh, the gentleman in uh, North Carolina here. Yeah. Uh, being offshore in a boat uh, with a couple of his friends. And I think they said they were 50 yards offshore looking into the woods and saw the Bigfoot. I think we have that photo up on our website, too. Yeah, okay. It's funny. You know, uh, uh, there's a certain amount of synchronicity in doing this where one thing leads to another and then back upon itself. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that tells me that these things are as curious as we are. It probably no probably saw the guy in a colorful canoe paddling along. It's probably seen other people just like him. And just uh, stop to look at them like we would stop to look at a, 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 a an animal or a bird in a tree. And then just turned around and said, well, I got things to do and walked away. Yeah. You know, really? <laughs> no, I mean, it's one of those it's one of those guys in a canoe. I've seen them. Before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it, especially it's, up in Minnesota in a land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I really believe these these things are happening more often than not. But again, I I fall back to one of my statements that I've said again and again. People see because they're looking. How many people are just paddling around on a lake and really not concentrating on anything in particular, or even uh, sing, uh, uh, singling out uh, an abnormality that they may be looking at to. Concentrate, uh, uh, concentrate their gaze uh, on it more uh, exactly to determine what is that? Like the guy in the creek who saw the black patch in the bushes. Yeah, oh, no doubt about it. I mean, like a simple example I see all the time, right? Like, Bill, you know, I spend a lot of time walking on the beach and uh, I'm more of a water person than a shell person. You know, so I'm, I'm always looking at the waves and looking for fish and looking at the birds and, you know, anything at the water. But a lot of the folks, when I'm walking along the beach out here, they're looking down, you know, they're looking to find a shark's tooth or, you know, a cool shell. And there are many times where I've been walking down the beach and I have to, like, tap someone and say, hey, take a look. And there'll be, like, three dolphin right off of the beach and they don't see them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a remarkable thing. You know, uh, it, it always reminds me of the scripture. Eyes have they, but they see not. Right. You know, I mean, you got two eyes screwed into your head, but yet you can't see the hand in front of your face. And how often is that true? Oh, yeah, more times than not. For yeah, sure. exactly. So, yeah, that, other people, Nathan, they're definitely having a similar experience, especially around the lakeshore. I mean, when I was up in Alaska, 
in early uh, August. We were out super early sometimes fishing, you know, like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning on these rural lakes. And uh, I was looking at the shore all the time. I was like, come on, big guy. Come on yeah. out of the woods. Yeah, see, you know, <laughs> if you make it your business uh, to be an observer, uh, I guarantee you that you are going to see some things. Now, most of the time, uh, you're not. But if you make it your business to be on the observation end of the spectrum, you will run across some odd things in your lifetime. And it really encourages you, like finding a piece of gold, right? You look for another piece. No doubt, yeah. And that's that's how I am in my own lifetime. I mean, I, I'm always looking around, expecting the unexpected to happen, you know. And, and I've had my moments when, believe me, uh, when I tell you, the unexpected has happened, yeah. you know, and it's 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 quite unique, you know, when you experience that. No doubt about it. Wow. Cool. All right. We're going to go across the Atlantic uh, to a note from Antoine in France. And Anto- Antoine writes, I am fascinated by what seems to be a uniquely American phenomenon. Why do you believe this is occurring in North America and not elsewhere? It is, however, thoroughly enjoyable, and your efforts are to be commended. Well, merci, Antoine. (laughs) Yeah, France. (laughs) My my God, France. So what do do you, it must be that French accent. Yeah, yeah. I've (laughs) I've attracted him with my, uh, my France, my Francois. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, first so, of all, what about... Yeah, so what do you think? Uh, uniquely American. No, we're not seeing any of these anywhere else. you agree with that? Uh, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, accounts coming in from all over the globe. Now, look, Kev, uh, uh, there's always people coming into this uh, kind of cold. Uh, right. We don't know anything about Antoine other than what he said, and we're, we're thankful that he wrote into us. This Absolutely. may this may be his first encounter uh, with the hairy man hearing us. So could be, and he may not know about like the legend of the Rougarou and stuff like that. Right, that actually comes out of France. Really, I mean that I wasn't even going down that road, but you're that that is a French word, the Rougarou. <laughs> right? I don't think he, I, I, I bet he doesn't pronounce it that way, though, but that's just me. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's Ruga Rule from Ruga Brooklyn. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Yeah, but uh, Antoine, uh, w- we've been talking about the uh, Yeti. Uh, Kevin, you did a piece or two on the uh, Australian Yowie. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> and uh you know there are there are creatures being sighted all over the place and uh, although North America is a big piece of real estate and we certainly have our multitudes of sightings uh uh extending from Canada down uh through southern Mexico according to southern uh some accounts but uh these creatures are not limited uh, to just our neck of the woods, so to speak. So, you know, uh, keep listening, Antoine. You know, we're always digging into things, and uh, we'll certainly be rehashing 
accounts for uh, our new newcomers to the show as we go on and on. Uh, but these creatures are definitely not isolated to America, nor are they an American uh, uh, phenomena solely. So, nope. Yeah, nope. we did the uh, Russian account too. So you know, there's they're all over the place. Oh, that's another Good one. Stuff. That's another one I forgot. The uh, yeah, but but thanks, uh, thank you, Antoine, and keep tuning in, and uh, <laughs> we'll try to keep you informed. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to come back to North America from Pauline in Maine. She says, I love you guys. I'm 16 years old. I spend a lot of time hiking around in the woods with my brother and his friends. We've heard a howling on quite a few occasions with my brother trying to scare me afterwards. Mm. Listening to your show, I was wondering if this may be a Bigfoot. Do bears howl? My brother said it wasn't a wolf. What do you guys think? Huh. Well, what timely you, uh, timely email, right? Yeah. What do you think? Kev? What do you? What would you say to her? Well, you know, after hearing that howl in northern Ontario, which is you know not you know in the same relative neighborhood as uh, northern Maine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, when I hear that howl, I I know it's not a bear. And it's not a wolf. So, you know, could be. I don't think bears howl. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, uh, we're a little bit at a, a disadvantage because we don't have a description of what it is she was hearing. Exactly. Uh, like you were just saying, the coyote sounded like a crazy man screaming for his life. Exactly. Uh, They're human-like to me. Yeah, and, and I can't even, you know, even with you having said that, I can't. I can't even embrace it. Like, I'm trying to work it into my psyche. What is it that Kevin's talking about here? It's a hard thing to describe, right? Oh, I mean, again, never heard anything like it until I heard it the first time. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So what what she heard uh, is an unknown to us. But apparently the brothers said it wasn't a wolf. And she's wondering, uh, you know, do bears howl? Bears definitely don't howl. They can let out an enormous uh, roar, yeah, uh, but not howling. No, I've never, I've never heard of them howling. Yeah, you, you, you never hear the word howl used in conjunction with a bear. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? It's just, it's howl is used for other things other than describing the noises a bear makes. Yeah, and can you believe that her brother is trying to scare her afterwards? The nerve, Unbelievable. The nerve of those boys. <laughs> <laughs> now come home immediately. You're grounded. <laughs> All right. We're going to go uh, from Maine down south to the great state of Texas. And this comes in from Solomon in San Antonio. Yeehaw. Yeah, he says, he says, great show, man. I'm one of those characters who explores the big thicket. Oh, yeah. Of which you have talked about. Yeah, the big thicket in Texas. Uh-huh. There is most definitely Bigfoot activity in there. And it seems that law enforcement is trying to keep us out at times. At least they're trying to dissuade us from being too comfortable going there. I have my own thoughts about that. 
but I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Thanks for a great show. Huh. Well, that's interesting. You know, uh, it just makes you wonder if uh, there isn't or there aren't certain aspects of our... uh, uh, the authorities that really uh, are trying to keep people from going into certain areas, you know. I mean, that's a weird, a weird thing, you know. Unless you know, there's uh, outlandish activity going on that this guy may not be aware of. Uh, there may be other activities going on that they have to try to keep in check. And yeah, it could have nothing to do with Bigfoot. Right, right. And then and then for me, if it did have to do with Bigfoot, you know, you hear these things in some of the accounts, historical accounts we talked about, where, you know, people just go crazy and they start shooting anything. So then they then they try to keep people out of there so that they're not killing one another. Yeah. Right. By accident. Yeah, it's um, it's an unfortunate thing. Like I experienced this uh in my life as a surf fisherman, uh, where a lot of areas on Long Island through the years, unfortunately, have become uh, by permit only, and you have to be a town member in that township. And I'm sure some of it started uh, them looking to make a buck, uh, which is more than likely uh, the the case uh, more often than not. But in other circumstances, these things started from uh, outsiders or insiders in a community coming in, making fires on the beach, leaving beer cans around, uh, fishing line, debris, garbage. And then the locals said, you got to stop this. These people are slobs. They're messing up our beautiful shore. Uh, And because of the actions of a few, Places became shut down or they regularly would chase you out or ask you for your license and registration. This may be going on down there as well. Maybe there are things going on in that area that he's unaware of. Uh, sure. And because, sure. because of that, it's they, they got everybody's suspect. Yeah, I think, you know, hey, Solomon in San Antonio or anybody else down there around the big thicket, Give us some more information. And then also, uh, you know, if you've seen anything down there, say something. You know, write in. We'll give you a call. Let's uh, let's do an account on here. Maybe we'll even have you on the show. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Good stuff. Okay. Well, that's our last letter this week, Bill. So we had uh, quite a journey there up into the great north and then shooting out of Bigfoot in Ohio and down... Uh, into uh, Razorback Hog Country in Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. With the spider monkey Bigfoot, as I call it. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awesome. Absolutely awesome. Well, anyways, folks, we thank you once again for joining us. And as is always my custom, I end the show with this sober warning. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight. <laughs>